to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So I just got back from the Bay Area last night, and I'm now back in San Diego. It feels so good to be home. I have never been so excited to be back home. I feel like usually coming home from the holidays, I am a little bit sad because usually what I do is around Christmas, I head back to the Bay for a couple weeks and, you know, I see family, friends, and then obviously I'm working during that time as well, but it's definitely slowed down. And, you know, this time I went to Maui, which is really fun. And then coming back, it is sort of like a holiday, right? Coming back, I'm usually a little sad because it's get back into the routine, get back into daily life. And it's fun to take a little break-ish sort of thing. But this time, I don't know what it is about this new year. I think I just have so many plans and so many things I want accomplished. And there's just this energy behind a new decade, behind 2020 itself that is making me very motivated. And I just want to be really productive. And I was so excited to just get back to San Diego, get super organized, overhaul my life, and get at it and do all the things I want to do. I feel really productive because this morning I woke up and I spent a few hours really just organizing my life. I made lists of like weekly to-do lists of what I want to do this year every week, monthly to-do lists so I can check those off, daily things to get done every day, planned out content. I redid all my Trello boards. If you don't know what Trello is, it's basically a way to organize tasks. So I use that for myself. I use that with people who work with me. It's really helpful. And I just feel really motivated and excited about everything. I have so many changes I want to make in 2020. And I'm hoping to write a blog post about this sometime this week, just because I know I like to hear what people are shifting and adjusting in a new year just for productivity, for their health, to feel their best self-development. I think it's interesting because it gives me ideas. So that's why I wanted to share it with you. So hopefully that post will be out soon. But one of the things on my list for overhauling my 2020 and being my most productive, best self ever is really optimizing my circadian rhythm because 2019, I was kind of all over the place. I would get a good amount of sleep, but it would be at the wrong hours. There were too many times I was up way too late on technology. I just felt like my whole internal clock was very off and I really just want to feel like I'm in a good pattern this year. And a big part of that is being super strict about 
wearing my blue blockers. This is one of the easiest changes you can make because it doesn't take you any more time during the day and it helps your health, it helps you feel better, helps you have a better mood, have more energy, it helps you be more productive. And that all starts with getting better sleep and blue light blocking glasses have changed the game for me. And the brand that I love so much is Blue Blocks. I've tried so many different brands over the years and felt like I was getting some benefits, but I didn't really realize that I wasn't getting the full benefits until I switched to Blue Blocks because these are the only 100% blue light filtering glasses that are backed by the latest science. You want red lenses, not orange lenses, just so you know. Blue Blocks offers three different lenses. Their Sleep Plus Red Lens is a 100% blue and green light blocking lens that you use after sunset. So when the when the sun goes down, put these on. These are great for improving sleep, reducing anxiety, relaxing you, and this is going to mitigate any negative effects of screens, blue light you're exposed to in the evening. And I think almost all of us are exposed to it, so that's why these are so important to wear. And then during the day, either wear the blue light clear lens or the summer glow yellow lens. I use the blue light clear lens because it's best for people who work under more natural lighting and this is great for reducing any digital eye strain, macular degeneration, headaches from looking at your screen all day and I am on the computer a lot so I need that. And then their summer glow yellow lens is blue light blocking meets color therapy. And this is best for people who work under more intense artificial lighting. And if you have any migraines, anxiety, or seasonal depression, definitely check these out. They have so many different styles to pick from, about 20 different frames, so you will definitely find some that you like. They don't look weird and ugly like a lot of other brands. These are actually really fashionable. I get compliments on my daytime glasses all the time when I wear them out. My favorite frames are the Parker frames and the crystal frames. I love those clear frames. I think they are so cute. And you can also always send in your own frames if you want to turn your own glasses into blue light blocking glasses. And they have an option for a custom-made prescription service if you need that. And I'm also dedicating myself towards being really diligent about using the Remedy Sleep Mask, which is their 100% light blocking sleep mask, which is amazing for restoring REM and deep sleep cycles. I track my sleep and on nights when I wear this, it makes a huge difference on my REM and deep sleep. So if you want to get a pair of true blue light blocking glasses, just go ahead and hop on over to blueblocks.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And make sure you use my discount code wellness for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off. Sleep is definitely a big focus for me this year. I'm basically overhauling my whole lifestyle to make sure I prioritize my sleep and I start getting to bed, well, being asleep by 10 p.m., trying to get in bed by 9 or be asleep by 9, 9.30 if I can. It just makes such a big difference on your hormone balance, your hunger signals, your energy and productivity the next day. It's, it's crazy how big a difference it makes and these are simple, simple changes you can make in your everyday life. I just felt like for me, 2019 was a year of figuring things out. I focused a lot on my personal life and I had a lot of health things I was dealing with and I moved to a new city and a lot of business was just kind of floating. 
you know, and floating and doing behind the scenes work to build. And then 2020, I'm like, let's launch and go. I am ready. And I just need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. So I am my most energetic, productive self if I want to do all the things, you know? 2019 also for me was the year when I dove more into self-development and personal development more than ever before, working a lot on rewiring my brain and working with different energy healers and astrologers and a human design coach and just really getting to understand myself and kind of using that as a launch pad for this next year and years to come. I think that self-development, personal development is something that we all need to be focusing on every year, all the time. And that's the sign of a growth mindset. I just don't think you can excel in every aspect of your life if you're not focusing on that self-development, personal development aspect of things. And um, a big part of that is the way we interact with the world, our relationships, looking into the psychology behind human dynamics and what triggers us, why we say certain things, why people say things to us, why relationships in our lives continue to have certain patterns that might be negative or positive, breaking that all down. And this is on my mind a lot when I go home for the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and I see family, family friends, people from middle school, high school, random acquaintances from back home. And for me, all of those relationships are kind of just, I feel like a very different part of my life. I totally changed in college when I moved to Los Angeles. I left the Bay Area, I moved to LA, and I went through some major health scares. My entire personality and lifestyle changed. And Ever since then, I almost feel like everything from before that is previous life and this is my new life. And I had a lot of toxic relationships, I feel like, up until the time I was 20 years old, kind of throughout my whole life. And that was almost normalized for me. And I think that's a big reason why I wanted to study psychology. I have my degree in psychology. And when I shifted my lifestyle, my personality, and kind of started what I felt like was a new life in SoCal, I really dedicated myself to only having extremely fulfilling relationships where I felt like I was getting everything back that I was giving and I wanted to be around people who were positive, uplifting, growth-minded, supportive, just all around good people who are going to help me grow and expand and be a better person and who just made me feel good. I reached a point in my life where I felt like I just don't have time for anyone who doesn't make me feel great when I'm with them or afterwards I should always feel better than than I came. I shouldn't leave feeling emotionally drained or negative or like I just had bad energy thrown my way. The point is I surround myself with a certain type of person in my life now And I'm used to that because I live in San Diego now. I'm in SoCal. I've had, I have such amazing friends who I've had for years. And this is what I'm surrounded with and this is what I'm used to. And sometimes for me, it's almost a culture shock when I head to the Bay. And I'm not saying, look, I have so many amazing friends in the Bay Area and amazing family members. This is not everybody, but I think we all have people who 
we kind of grew up around or we know from the earlier parts of our lives that we didn't realize were just bad energy, negative, toxic. Um, And it's when I go home that I just feel like, whoa, what's going on here? I, I, you know, the people I don't see very often and they're, they're talking to me a certain way that just doesn't work for me, you know, or I'm in a social setting, a big group setting, and there are certain people in that group setting that just drain me and are negative energy. And sometimes it's not even directed at me. Sometimes it is, but I don't want to be around it and my life, my choice. So I choose not to be around it. And I do feel like it's more difficult during the holidays when there are more parties and big group events and maybe you don't know someone's coming or it's like, you know, you want to go to a, a family function and you don't realize so-and-so is going to show up and fly off the handles and sometimes it, it just flies your way and you can't control it, but it's all about how you react. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want to have a conversation today about Comments about people's bodies because this came up multiple times while I was home for the last few weeks in different social settings. And I was kind of taken aback for a second. And I think I don't really notice the body talk unless I'm in different environments than I'm used to because the people I hang out with the people I surround myself with, my daily life here, um, we don't talk about bodies, we don't talk about other people's bodies. It's just not important and not what we're focused on. So it's kind of weird for me when I go back home and there are certain people that this is all they're focused on and all they're talking about. And it makes me take a step back and kind of just reflect on that. And it's very interesting to me what people think is okay to say and and what they what they choose to say and who it comes from. I'm going to get into details in a second, but you know, I th- I used to be really triggered by body comments and sometimes people will make comments and it does make me stop, you know, and I'm like, "Whoa," but it's about how you react and respond and it's very fascinating to me because I had to go through a period, I went through such a difficult period with my body about five years ago, and the only way I could get through it was really to detach myself from my body and see myself as purely just a soul and just learn to let comments roll off my shoulders, but when this comes up now, for me, I just kind of think holy shit, I can't believe someone just said that because for someone who's in a more vulnerable state or fragile state or for a young girl who's maybe going through some major body image issues or even, I mean, men as well, they go through this too, which is, I mean, I'm going to get to that in a second. But especially in those formative years, if you make a comment about someone's body, that can stick with them and really, really impact them. And I have worked with so many women who have disordered eating habits and or have had or have eating disorders. And a big part of working through that is getting to the root and figuring out, you know, when was it that you first started paying attention to your body or what comment did someone make that really made you start paying attention to your body this way? 
or what comment was it that triggered these disordered eating patterns or exercise patterns or any type of behavior patterns. And it is very interesting for me when we get to that root and we figure out where it stems from. For some people, it's just media that they've seen, comments here and there, sometimes not even directed to them. But for many people, they they remember a specific comment. It's often something their mother said or their doctor said or a boy or man said, whether that be at school or a male figure in their lives. Those are the most common ones I hear. It's the mom, the doctor, some some male in the life. Um, and that sort of triggers these behaviors. And I think because I work with so many women, get, getting them through that, improving their body image, helping them find freedom from any disordered behaviors or body dysmorphia. I am more aware of picking apart what other people say about other people's bodies because I just think, oh my gosh, what's the downstream effect of that going to be? What does this say about the the person who's saying it? How is this affecting the people who are hearing it? And sometimes I just get so frustrated, disappointed, saddened because the people who make those types of comments that can be triggering for different people, sometimes... It's coming from a place where they just think it's normal. The same way so much disordered disordered eating and disordered exercise patterns are normalized and it really just depends what you've been exposed to and where you're from and you know what's what's normalized around you. We just all have skewed skewed opinions of what is acceptable and what's not and what's okay and what's not and I think especially from men or people in the older generation, some of the things that come out of their mouths, I'm just like, hashtag diet culture. What is this? There was someone in my family who we were out to dinner and she was drinking and she just says, oh, I don't even like vodka. I hate the taste of it, but I just like to drink it because I know it's low in calories so I can drink more. And I just turned to my friend and I'm, I literally said, hashtag diet culture. And this woman is in her 60s and she doesn't think twice about it. You know, that's just how people think. Or we went on a hike in Maui and at the top of the hike, Michelle and I were just kind of hanging out, collecting ourselves and listening to the couple who had just gotten to the top before us. So it was sort of like the four of us were up there and Michelle and I were in one area and then the other couple were on the other side. And I was listening to them talk and the woman goes, okay, now we can eat double the amount. She she says, you know, I don't like to work out. I only work out so I can eat more. And I'm just like, people say this kind of shit all the time. And it's so messed up and they don't even realize it. And look, I want to be clear because I'm not someone who picks apart people's words. I'm definitely not a politically correct person and I make jokes all the time. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people on the internet who are super sensitive to comments about, you know, bodies or politics or religion or diets. I don't know, whatever. And, Everyone's level of sensitivity to those types of comments is going to be different. I probably am someone who errs more on the less sensitive side of everything. So that's why when I hear something and I'm just taken aback or I'm like, hmm, that might not be the best thing to say. I feel like... 
someone really shouldn't say it because I don't get offended very easily. And I'm not saying that's correct. I probably should work on being a little more politically correct. Maybe not. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, I think especially in the body the body positivity space, people are super sensitive to comments. And I think that sometimes people are too sensitive to them. And it, it because it all comes from someone's intention. Some people are just making a genuine joke or they don't mean what they're saying versus other people really do mean what they say. It's kind of like all of the Thanksgiving talk when people talk about the fact that They will only let themselves eat X, Y, and Z if they do this workout. They have to do this workout in the morning so they can earn their food. And this is what they what they really believe and how they live their lives. That's that's problematic. You don't have to work out to earn your food. If anything, you should eat to allow yourself to work out because you need to make sure you have enough energy. But Other people can make the same type of comments. You know, maybe they go to a workout class and they're like, got to burn off some calories so I can eat all that turkey. And they're just kind of joking about it. That kind of thing doesn't personally offend me. So my point with this is just that I see both sides of the coin here. And when it comes to body comments, there are so many comments that are made unnecessarily. And... I just think we should raise a little bit more awareness about this because it's a really important part of self-development, I think. And there are such widespread body image issues, especially in today's social climate. It's it's kind of crazy. Almost everyone has them. And not everyone, but a lot of people. And especially in in cultures that you might not expect. For example, when I go to Los Angeles... I pretty much expect most people there, all of these wannabe actors and models and XYZ, a lot of them have some some body image issues, some body dysmorphia. And you kind of expect that in Hollywood or New York, places like that. Then you go to some random city that no one's heard of in the United States, I don't know, whatever state you're in. And sometimes I'll go to random towns like this And you hear the same type of comments. This isn't concentrated in one area. And it's also not concentrated in one age group. I honestly think diet culture might be worst in the generation above me, like my mom's age. I honestly think it might be worst there. And it kills me. It makes me so sad that so many women and men struggle with this and that it's been normalized. And I think a lot of them don't even realize they're struggling with it. And I wish they could just be liberated from it, right? But I want to share a specific experience I had this trip that kind of triggered this whole conversation. Before I get into the story, though, I do want to tell you about today's podcast sponsor for Sigmatic. If you have been Listening to this podcast for a while or following me on social media, you know that I have been obsessed with Four Sigmatic Mushroom Elixirs for years now. I first discovered these in college and I have been hooked ever since and I have at least one Four Sigmatic Elixir every single day, usually two to three or more. Four Sigmatic is on a mission to popularizing mushroom consumption because so many people don't even know that there's a whole kingdom of mushrooms out there that have so many incredible health benefits for immunity, energy, longevity, stress relief, 
cognitive health, and more that have been studied for centuries and used in different cultures for centuries. Four Sigmatic believes in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, and they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, their mushroom superfood blends, and their mushroom elixirs. They sell tins for at-home use and single-serve packets, which are super convenient for carrying around on travel. This is what I bring with me on travel all the time, and I like to use these every day because you can just get some hot water and pour the packet in there and you're good to go. If you want to get a little bit fancier, then you can pour in some nut milk, but I usually just mix it in with some hot water. You can also mix their packets into smoothies, shakes, anything you want. These products are all tested for pesticides, heavy metals, irradiation, mycotoxins, and other factors. These are the highest quality mushrooms. They are all made from wildcrafted or law-grown and certified organic mushrooms, and they are super potent. These are the most potent mushroom products on the market. They contain 500 to 1500 milligrams of dual extracted mushrooms per serving, and you want to make sure you're getting mushrooms that are made with that dual extraction method. And the real benefits from these come when you use them every single day, which is what I've been doing, especially at this time of year. I like to double up on my chaga consumption. Chaga is an amazing source of antioxidants, and it's called the king of the mushrooms for good reason. This is amazing for your immunity. I also love the cordyceps for a natural source of energy without any caffeine. This is also great if you're an athlete, so you could drink the cordyceps to get your body going in the morning. And each night, I always like to have my reishi mushroom elixir mixed. Reishi is amazing for stress reduction and supporting sleep, so I like to have that a couple hours before bed. In the last few weeks, though, I've been having their mushroom hot cacao mix really often, honestly, at least every day. And this is combined with reishi. So you won't be up all night like you might if you're super sensitive to caffeine and have regular hot chocolate. The reishi helps calm you down and go straight to bed. And I like to just mix this with water or coconut milk or almond milk and it tastes delicious. I also have been having a bit more caffeine than I usually do, especially at this time of year. And I love Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee mixes. This is the only coffee that I can have and not have any jitters at all. With regular coffee, I cannot sleep for days if I have a cup. And with this, I can go to sleep with no problem. So their mushroom coffee is mixed with cordyceps and chaga or lion's mane and chaga. So you are getting the brain benefits, the immunity benefits, and the energy benefits. And there's only 50 milligrams of caffeine per serving, so it's perfect. I've also been loving the matcha latte mix in the morning. And at this time of year, I like to switch things up. Sometimes do one of their golden latte mixes or their chai latte mixes with turkey tail. And their chai latte mix actually doesn't even have any caffeine. So it's great. And that turkey tail helps with your gut. So if you want to stock up on your Four Sigmatic or try it out, just head to foursigmatic.com CRW. And my code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's foursigmatic.com slash CRW, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash CRW, and that code CRW will get you 15% off. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of background. If you don't know much about my health history, a short version that's relevant in this podcast is that when I was about 20 years old, my digestion completely stopped working. I wasn't absorbing any food 
and I lost about 50 pounds in two to three months and was frighteningly thin, thought I was going to die for quite some time. I thought my organs were going to shut down. All the doctors told me I wasn't going to make it. I was 73 pounds at my lowest, and I, I hung out there for too long. And it was a really hard, scary time. And ever since then, it's been a journey to healing my body and restoring my weight and my health. And that period of time was difficult for so many reasons. It was painful physically and emotionally. And I mean, there are so many different angles talking about that that I could go at. But what I want to focus on in this episode is the fact that I learned a lot about body image during that time. I had severe body dysmorphia and I was very mentally sick during this time. I was out of my mind. I had no cognitive function. And being that thin and losing a lot of weight, I started getting a lot of comments about my body. And up until that point, you know, people had made comments about my body here and there growing up, but not in this way. And I started getting attention, whether that be good or bad, for the way that I looked. It was a really emotional time for me and a very confusing time for me. And part of the reason why I think it took me so long to take my recovery so seriously and it took me so long to realize how urgent it was that I get some weight on and fix my gut as soon as I could was that, you know, I had this really bad body dysmorphia where I looked in the mirror and I was... 73 pounds and looked just like skin and bones and so unhealthy. And when I looked in the mirror, that's not who I saw at all. And looking back at photos, it scares me because I remember certain days. I'll see a picture now of a certain day when I was just so thin and sick. And I look at that photo now and I see what I looked like. But I remember looking in the mirror on that same day and that's not what I saw. I saw the person I always was. I just you know, what I thought was my my normal weight. And it was really confusing because I had such bad body dysmorphia. I was not seeing in the mirror what other people were seeing physically, which I mean, the mind, the mind is powerful. The mind is crazy. But I was getting super conflicting comments from different people all the time. And I had never gotten so many comments about my body before. And I was in such a vulnerable state and it was such a fragile time for me to be getting those types of comments that it's just so interesting to me that this is when it all happened. And I mean, it was super difficult and confusing, but at the end of the day, looking back, I'm very glad it happened because it forced me to to develop a type of mental strength I don't think I would have without that experience. But in the same day, I would get someone stopping me, asking me if I would be a model for them. I got so many modeling opportunities during that time when I was so sickly thin and clearly very unhealthy. And then, you know, I had other people telling me I looked too skinny and I was anorexic and I would go to work and I had, di- I had a few different jobs and at 
one of my offices, my boss was super impressed with all my weight loss and wanted to know what I was doing for my workouts and how was I eating. And she wanted me to write down my training plan so she could copy it and my meal plan so she could copy it. And I was getting all this this positive, all these positive affirmations from her. And then in my other office, my my bosses were super concerned about me and wanted to help me, you know, find some other doctors to give me the help I needed. And I was just so confused. I had friends at school telling me I looked great that, you know, asked me what I was doing, asking for help. And then I had people from back home, um, sending hate messages and sending before and after photos of me and spreading rumors about me and walking down the street with strangers. You know, I had people throw food at me. I had people like yelling at me, skinny shaming me, making comments about how thin I was and that I should go to the zoo because I'm like a zoo animal and I need to eat a cheeseburger. And I had people ordering food for me at restaurants, not understanding the situation. And it was so difficult for me. I remember one time this guy ordered ordered a whole meal and sent it over to the table. And I just started sobbing because, I mean, I couldn't even believe people were doing this because they didn't even understand my situation. And, you know, at the time I was so afraid because I... I had gotten to a place where I was eating like eight to 10,000 calories a day. I was trying to put on weight and I was still dropping weight and I was so scared. I felt completely out of control with my body and um, I was just so confused and I would ask people all the time, you know, I'd ask my mom, I'd ask my friends, I'd, I'd say, do I look anorexic? I would literally say that because I didn't know what it looked like. I felt crazy and no one would give me a straight answer. No one would say anything. And I mean, looking back, I think, I mean, I understand why that's an uncomfortable question for them to answer, but you know me. I just I just say things that I should work on. But anyways, it probably wasn't the most delicate way to phrase that question, but I was desperate for someone to just talk to me and give me some truth bombs. But it was super confusing and I mean that day specifically when that when that guy sent over food and I was crying and I ran out of the restaurant. My, the person I was with came out with me and I just said, I, I just don't understand why people do this because they don't know my situation. For all they know, I have cancer and I'm getting chemo and I'm losing a ton of weight. Like you never know what someone's going through or what, what's happening, you know? Um, and like any situation of extreme weight loss, you know, like eating disorders are wildly misunderstood and Having an eating disorder doesn't make someone a bad person. It's a mental illness. It's an illness. Same way if someone has anxiety or depression, that doesn't mean they are a bad person. Like people go through different illnesses. If someone breaks their leg, they're not a bad person. If someone gets pneumonia, like these are health issues, right? Um, And it's no one else's business what your body looks like. And it was really interesting to me because with our society – idealizing thin figures so much and, you know, being well aware of how much fat shaming goes on, which is absolutely unacceptable. And this is, you know, I understand I have issues with the body positivity movement and how it comes about sometimes, but like the point of it is like, can we stop shaming everyone? Can we stop making comments about people's bodies? Because it's not our business. Random strangers on the street, like 
the way they look doesn't affect you. So I don't know why random people need to say anything. No matter how they look. Doesn't matter. And you don't know what they're going through. Like, we cannot just assign stories to people we don't even know. If someone's underweight, you don't know if they're starving themselves, if they have cancer, if they have hyperthyroidism, a severe malabsorption disorder, if they just got back from being stranded in the jungle for three months, you don't know. And if someone is overweight, you don't know if they have a thyroid issue, if they have severe leptin resistance, if they have diabetes, if they are going through any other mental, physical health issue. You don't know anything about them. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Either way, no matter who you are. My point is, you don't know what people are going through. And the comments around people's bodies are really fucking unproductive and just not okay. And comments around someone's body, I'm not going to say there's never a time because I think if you are a health professional and your patient or client comes to you and you need to say, hey, I'm concerned about this. You know, that might be one situation or maybe if you're a friend or a family member and you are having a private conversation with someone and they're asking you about something or you're conversing about their health situation. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying I don't really get why people feel the need to bring things up unnecessarily. So I want to talk about one person specifically in my family and I love this person dearly. This person loves me so much and has been amazing to me, has been such a supportive family member in my life and really means well, but he doesn't always understand what's coming out of his mouth. And I'm sharing this story not to make him feel bad because that is not my intention with this at all. And I don't think he will ever even hear this anyways. Oh, and this is not my father, by the way. Just so you know, it's not my dad. It's someone else. And like I said, the purpose of this is not to make anyone feel bad. Making people feel bad doesn't help anything. I just want to share this because I think it's really helpful to illustrate a point. And when I was really thin and sick, I remember going up to our family cabin on a vacation and he was there and and he made a comment to me and i was in a really fragile emotional and physical state you know he he had got me a present he got me a t-shirt from somewhere and it was a size like extra large t-shirt um and so when you put this on a 73 pound girl i was obviously drowning it would have been big on me though if i was at my quote normal weight at the time um it was an extra large men's t-shirt And he just said something like, can't you just eat a burger or something? You're so skinny. It looks horrible. And I just ignored what he said. And when I was alone, I started crying because it just is overwhelming flood of emotions where I didn't like the way I looked. I knew I looked sick, but I didn't know how to fix it. And I was doing everything I can. And I remember... I think my mom or sister or someone came down and I was sobbing and I was just saying like, 
it's fucking bullshit because he doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't understand. Like, if it was as easy as eating a burger, don't you think I would have done it? Like, I'm sitting here eating 10,000 calories of beef today and nothing's happening to me. If it was as easy as eating a burger, I would have done it. And I think just because... You know, it, it's just overwhelm of this person doesn't understand and they're dismissing me and they're body shaming me and I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I already have enough shit to deal with. So in general, this whole time, my extended family was all very, you know, worried about me and yeah. So over the years, as I have progressively put on weight, it also brought on the comments from other people. And not everybody said things, but there are certain family members who every single holiday, because I see them once a year, like at Christmas time, usually, I see them once a year and they always make a comment about the way I look. And during that time when I was so sick, I just had to become totally detached from comments and like the way my body looked because I was stuck in a body that was sick and needed to turn inward and was so confused with these positive comments, sandwiched in with negative comments and whatever. I just had to be like, I can't listen to any comments anymore. Um, And I don't care what they say, good or bad, right? So over the years, people in my family would always say something about the way I looked. And I just always think it's so interesting that why does someone, if they think they're in my extended family, think it's okay to make a comment like that? There are all kinds of other people that I've seen me put on weight over the years who don't feel they need to make a comment about it. And what's interesting is how different people say things. So, for example, I have a cousin who said to me, hey, you it looks like you put on some weight. You look really good. You look really strong. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm getting a lot better. You know, I'm lifting weights. And we can, because of the way he frames that, we can have a productive conversation out of that comment versus I have other family members who say, Hey, it looks like you're getting chubbier. Um, (laughs) thanks. You know, like I'm not really sure where you're going with that. So people always make strange, strange comments, you know, well, I guess they're not strange, but People will, first of all, everyone's perception of what looks good and what looks bad is different. So that's their own thing. But then the way they frame what they're saying is always different. Um, So this one family member who, who originally told me I needed to eat a burger, every year I see him, he makes a comment about my weight. He's the one person who every single year, other people have just made it once or twice, whatever. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's in... A nice way sometimes it's in a kind of rude way it just depends but he always makes a comment and he does not frame it very gracefully and he will always say something along the lines of oh you're fattening up you look really chubby this year and I'm just like I'm sorry is that okay like is that okay to say to someone and so this year it happened again right um and I think it's interesting because if he just, (laughs) like, I know I've been putting on weight. The point was to put on weight continuously until I reached a healthy weight, until I got my health back, until I get my period back, right? And so a 
a week before this, I had seen some friends. It's so funny because as I'm telling all these stories, all these comments are from men now that I think about it. Hmm. Okay, so a week before I had been with some of my friends and one of them said, how have you been feeling? What's going on with your health? You look really good. You look a lot thicker. You look like you have muscle and you look really strong. And I was like, thanks. And he was like, yeah, you used to... You used to have a runner's butt. You used to look way too skinny. It didn't look good. And I was like, and and this person didn't even know me when I was sick thin. He just, he met me when I was actually probably closer to the weight I started at, like the weight I was in high school. He met me after I had gotten a little better. So this comment was interesting to me because it goes back to, you know, why do we need to make a comment about bodies at all? And I mean, that was kind of rude to runners. It was kind of funny the way he said it. And we're close. So I really appreciated the way he framed it because he started off asking how I was doing and how my health was. And we have that type of relationship where we can talk about whatever. And he's not making a comment about my body just to make a comment about my body. He's making a comment because it was part of the conversation. And we've talked before about my weight loss, my weight gain, and all of this. So while it probably wasn't framed as gracefully as it could be if someone on the outside was listening to that, from my perspective, that was a time because of the conversation and the type of relationship we have that making a comment about my body didn't really phase me because it made sense within the conversation. And I felt like in the context of our relationship, it was brought up well, I guess. He was trying to give me a compliment. It was kind of weird, but it I wasn't phased. So then it's a week later and back in a big group of people, including that family member I was mentioning before. What this family member actually said to me was, this was like, this is in the middle of a full other conversation. I, I was not... I don't know where this came from, out of left field. He just turns to me and he goes, you put on so much weight. You put on a lot of weight. You got a lot more fat on you. You look good. And I'm just I'm just like, first of all, where did that come from? We were talking about something completely different. And this is where your head's at. And second of all, what a weird compliment. You know, and I'm thinking in my head, really, no wonder you're single because this is how you talk to women. But it just making me think like why do people feel the need to randomly comment on other people's bodies if he's trying to start a conversation about how i'm feeling how i'm how things are doing he could say you know how are things going with your health or he could even frame the weight comment in a different way because i'm someone who's totally open to talking about my my weight gain um and my previous weight loss i'm such an open book but there's a way to have that conversation and that just seemed so bizarre to me. And he makes comments like this all the time, not just about me, but about other people to other people. And what's interesting is that this year I was able to understand the why behind why he says things like this more than I have been ever before. I've noticed within the last year, just talking to him more, all of these negative body comments and Disordered thought patterns, for example, he couldn't exercise for a bit of time because of a health issue. And he was telling me all these things he was doing because he's so worried he's going to put on weight and he's trying not to eat 
like every other day some weird some weird thing where he didn't want to eat at certain times and this is what he's cutting out of his diet and so the way it came across and this this panic around I'm gonna put on weight and then you know what his plan for what he's gonna do when he can exercise again to lose all the weight and it's just this hyper focus on bodies and look I do not think it's a bad thing to have a weight loss goal or to want your body to look a certain way, but there's a difference between having that type of goal and having it run your life and run your thoughts where all you're thinking about are other people's bodies and your body. And there's a line that it can cross where it just takes over your mind and it also crosses a line when that turns into your self-worth and when that turns into how you judge other people. That's problematic. And I just think it's interesting how many people out there are so hyper-focused on other people's bodies. And it's bizarre to me because that is just not what I'm thinking about when I'm out in the world meeting people or talking to them. When you're out in the world, and let's say you have a friend who has a drastic weight loss or weight gain, you're probably going to notice, but just out in the world, um... When I'm talking to someone or I meet someone for the first time, I'm not thinking about their weight. Like, it's just like not what I'm thinking about. The same way, you know, with acne, for example. Um, So I used to have really bad acne. It was one of my biggest insecurities growing up. And you have this mindset. You're like, you don't want to talk to people because you think everyone's looking at my zits. Everyone's looking at my face. I'm so gross, blah, blah, blah. And then you get older. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize no one cares. No one's even looking at that. And I would not, I would literally not go to events because I was breaking out. And now as an adult, I talk to people and especially with clients or friends, family, people will talk to me about their health issues or their insecurities. And, you know, we have this conversation and I honor that, but I'm always thinking in my head, like, wow, I wouldn't even notice that. Like people will come to me to fix their acne. And I'm like, I would have never even noticed a zit on your face had you not like brought it up specifically. And that's how it is with the weight too. And even with friends, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, I put on 10 pounds, put on 15 pounds. I'm not feeling so great. And I'm just thinking I literally wouldn't have noticed. No one notices, you know, like, I mean, so especially women's bodies fluctuate so much with weight. I mean, the week of my period, I put on a solid 15 pounds every time. And I don't think people notice that I put on 15 pounds during that week. And I don't think they notice that it goes away the next week. Like it's, it's such a quick shift. No one, no one notices. People aren't paying attention to that. And again, I want to be super clear because this is my issue with the body positivity movement, because I don't see it as body positive with, you know, certain areas of it, but totally valid and cool if you have a body goal, if you want to change something about your body coming from a place of love. So when I'm saying, you know, people come to me talking about their skin or their weight and they want help with it and I'm saying, oh, I wouldn't even notice that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to honor their feelings. They're allowed to feel whatever they want and have the the goals they want to reach. And, you know, it's my job as a practitioner or friend to support them in that. I think you do you and whatever goal you have, let's reach it in a healthy way. My point with this is just to say most people are not noticing the things you're insecure about 
And also that there's a difference between having a goal, wanting to make a change out of a place of love for yourself and self-improvement versus wanting to change yourself because you hate yourself and it becomes a problem when value is derived from just physical traits. The real issue here is the mental health side of things. So that's just what I want to be clear about. Like there is a difference between caring about your health and having orthorexia. So I just want to be clear about that. But you can tell when something is off when you notice that someone's mind is consumed by what other people look like and what other people are doing. Usually when people are hyper-focused on that, that is just pointing to a deeper-rooted insecurity within themselves. Because what we are most insecure about, we often notice in other people because we're comparing. For other people, it's just not on their minds. So fast forward to continuing this conversation. Fast forward, I met up... I mean, I saw a few different people, and one of the friends I met up with over break is a male friend, and it looked like he lost a good amount of weight, and, you know, he always looks the same every year I see him, but I noticed he lost a good amount of weight, and I usually don't notice that kind of thing, which is, you know, and I thought about saying something like, hey, are you feeling okay? Like, is anything going on? But I was just thinking about it more before I opened my mouth, and I thought, what if he's been really stressed out, hasn't been eating as much, hasn't had time to go to the gym, and he lost a lot of muscle mass, and he's just lost a lot of weight, and he wasn't like an unhealthy thin where I thought like there was a serious health issue going on. It just, he had lost a good amount of weight, but then I was thinking it could have just as easily been he lost all of his muscle because he was really muscular before. So I just didn't say anything because then I'm also thinking, well, if I say something and the reason why he lost all that weight is because he hasn't been going to the gym and his muscles have gotten smaller. Like I feel like for so many guys, that's such a common insecurity. Like no guy wants to be told he's small. You know what I mean? And like, I just didn't see a purpose in asking about it because like, okay, if he stopped going to the gym, doesn't really affect me. Um, so instead of we caught up and I asked him about life and work and relationships and stresses and all the other things and whatever, moved on. And then, you know, post this reflecting more on the body comments because I don't know what it is about the people that I'm around in the Bay Area, but they just make all the body comments. And especially with women, it's mostly about themselves. So there are women that I'm around who just constantly bring up like, oh, I look fat in this or, oh, I can't eat that because I really want to lose weight. And just all of these things that, I mean, usually their rationale makes no sense. They like turn down a piece of chicken because they think that meat's going to make them fat. And then they later drink four cocktails. So it doesn't even make any sense. But I was chatting with my friend Michelle in Hawaii about this whole thing, how it's interesting, how family members like to make comments about bodies and strangers like to make comments about bodies. And it's just unnecessary. And she was sharing that she's had similar experiences in the past with people making comments about their bodies. And I just wanted to bring it up because I think all of us should be a little bit more aware about the comments we make about our own bodies and about other people's bodies. Because that talk, that language says so much about our own insecurities, so much about ourselves, 
And anytime a comment's going to be made about someone else or yourself, I think it's a really helpful practice just to be honest with yourself and ask, is this coming from a place of love or is this coming from a place of hate or fear or lack? And if you're scanning the environment and really worried about other people and making comments about other people, whatever you're hyper-focused on making comments about, look at your own life and see if that aspect of your life is feeling fulfilled because you will feel a lot better about yourself if you stop wasting time worrying about other people and their situation and spend more time doing that inner work and figuring out what's going to help you feel better and spending time focusing on improving yourself. I think we've moved into this culture, this fast-paced culture with social media. We have Instagram and Facebook and texting, and it's all fast and instant. And a lot of people feel like they can say whatever they want and get away with it with no repercussions. And people don't always understand the line between joking and being rude and staying out of someone's business, like what is your business and what's not your business. And I'm not saying I know either, but I'm just saying these are all blurry lines. And I really think it helps when we consider the other person's potential circumstances and how they might be feeling and recognize that us making comments when we don't know someone else's situation or what they're going through, I mean, that's not going to help. You making a comment at someone isn't going to help. I do think there's kind of a cultural and generational thing that comes into play here, certain cultures, certain generations, like what you grow up around and what is normalized for you as ways to communicate with other people and just say what you think. Um, You know, sometimes people don't realize what they're saying and, and sometimes we just have to understand that, but I think it's really great to communicate with someone if they cross a boundary for you. And just say, hey, I know you didn't mean it like that, but when you phrase things that way, I really don't appreciate it. And I would prefer it if, you know, if you want to talk about X, Y, and Z, can you please bring it up to me in this way? If you have body comments thrown your way, I want you to know that it's truly about them. And anyone who has enough mental, energetic space to throw comments at you, They're really just deflecting, projecting, and not paying enough attention to what's going on within themselves and what they're insecure about. And there's always, there's always a deeper story on both sides. We don't know people's stories. We don't know what's going on in anyone's life around us unless we sit down and have a genuine, true conversation with them. And this just, this isn't just about body comments. This is about lots of things in life. Um, But... I know it doesn't always make it easier in the moment and it's a practice to really not care what those what those comments are, but I think it does help to, you know, think about that person and humanize them and instead of being angry and upset that they that they said something rude to you, if that's how you feel, you know, just humanize them and think about what they might be going through, where that comment might have come from. And use that opportunity to do some shadow work. Honestly, you know, if it triggers you, if someone makes makes a comment about you, start to think about when have I ever made a rude comment about someone else? What was I feeling in that moment? Why did I say it? I can recall many times, especially growing up, like 
I was so bitchy in middle school, I feel like, specifically whenever I think about this stuff. I would say mean things and immediately feel horrible. And it was just coming from my deep insecurities. And anytime I said something negative, I immediately regretted it. And I would just try and play it off like I didn't care. But it was like I was just living in my own silent hell because it was like word vomit, right? Because I was so unhappy with myself. So when I think back to those days when I would do things like that, Um, or just any specific instance, and you think, okay, I was going through some shit. Maybe this person is going through something else. And so like, I've been there. I get it. Let's move on. If you do know this person and it's a continuing pattern, this is when it's time to set boundaries and just have a conversation about how you would like to be communicated with. That's what I would suggest. But I really just wanted to have this discussion about all these body comments. And I don't know if you have noticed this as well, what your experience has been with people throwing body comments your way. And if if you feel the same way, if you feel differently, if you notice with certain people in your life, with certain generations, or you know, maybe when you go back home, it's different than than how things are wherever you live now. I don't know if that's just a pattern for me, if it's the areas I've I've been in or or what's up, but I would love to hear your thoughts and I just think that these body comments are not okay and so unwarranted and just like, whoa, is this what what we're focusing our energy on? There are so many issues in this world we need to solve and so many things we can do every day, each one of us to improve ourselves and better ourselves. And the fact that people waste time throwing shade that's not even meant for comedy, which still, I'm not, it's not still not warranted, but just out of a negative space, that's just, that's just not cool or productive. And it can have some really negative downstream effects on people, depending on where they are at in their lives. And I just think it's really important that we all are very conscious of the way we speak to each other and the way we speak to ourselves and just think about that because this is this is how we improve, right? We reflect and we move forward and we communicate and it's so easy for people to say positive and negative things to each other online in person. And if that if that hurts your feelings, like feel that, let yourself feel that and there are steps to take to sit with it and move through it and forgive and improve ourselves no matter what side of the equation we're on. So my main point of this podcast is let's all become more aware of our language and what we say to people, especially when we don't know their full situation. Let's stop with the body comments. Like, I don't care if it's positive or if it's negative. There's no need to say anything positive or negative about someone's body. It's their body. And their body is their body not yours, not your business, not not your problem unless they specifically bring it up to you and are talking with you about it. They bring it up. But I just think we need to, to end all of these comments and the hyper-focus on it because I can promise you that no one was put on this earth. Like their, their purpose was not for their bodies just to look a certain way. Like if you're a model, then yeah, that might be part of your job, but I don't think it's your sole purpose just to look a certain way. Everyone has a deeper soul purpose, right? Everyone has something amazing to offer this world. And 
It comes from within, right? Not your body. So let's stop with the body comments. Let's support each other and get to know people on a deeper level. Like instead of making a comment about someone's weight, why don't you ask, you know, how work is going? Any new hobbies? Are you traveling anywhere? Actually get to know someone. Staying surface level is so unfulfilling. So I want to know what you think about this. Please, please, please post your thoughts in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. If you're not already in that Facebook group, just search Facebook Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe and request to join and I will add you in there. Thanks again for tuning in today. I hope this resonated with you. I think almost everyone can relate to this man or woman and if you think that someone you know would enjoy this or would help them out please send them the episode okay that's gonna be it for today i hope you have an awesome rest of your day and i'll check it